This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, it's the 70th anniversary of the ANZUS Alliance. That's a treaty between Australia, New Zealand and the United States, so it's an important one. In this Squish Shortcut, we take a look at how it came to be, where things are at now and what the new focus is for the Alliance. Squish Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. The ANZUS Treaty Clare was signed on the 1st of September 1951. A lot has changed since then, but let's start by looking at why ANZUS became a thing in the first place. So the agreement was made to ensure peace and security in the Pacific region, and that's because there was a lot of concern after World War II and during the subsequent Cold War period, uh, particularly about the rise of communism in countries like China, Vietnam and Korea. Australia and New Zealand were worried worried about that and what that political situation might mean for our region. When we talk about the Pacific region, as the name suggests, it's anything in and around the Pacific. So think to the northeast of Australia, up to China and all the way across to the shores of the US. Australia and New Zealand, Claire, were concerned that part of the world was going to be forgotten. That's right. And that's because at the time NATO, which is the North Atlantic Treaty Organisation, was being formed with a military alliance between America, the UK and a number of European countries, where obviously not in that region, but our security concerns post-World War II were significant. So it was in the late 1940s and the very early 1950s that an opportunity came up. The US wanted to rebuild Japan after World War II. So just a bit of background to that, World War II included a bitter fight between Japan and the US. Japan prodded the United States into the war after the brazen attack on Pearl Harbor in Hawaii in 1941. So it was a big deal that the United States then wanted to get involved in its reconstruction. What the United States wanted was to use the new Japanese government as allies in the quest to prevent the spread of communism in the region. Australia, for our part, we were not so sure about that. We had a lot of baggage when it came to Japan. So the Japanese captured 22,000 Australians during the war and a third of those died in atrocious conditions. There was a lot of hard feelings held by many Australians at the end of the war and in the years that followed. That said, America's plan for Japan set up the need for a conversation with the United States about peace and security in our region. So basically, Australia and New Zealand said they would support America's plans to engage with Japan, but only if the US would commit to having our backs in the region. So we put forward the ANZUS Treaty. Which the US was hesitant about at first, but they eventually accepted it. It was spearheaded by an Aussie called Percy Spender. Spender was Australia's ambassador to the United States at the time, and he devised the treaty and led those negotiations with the United States and New Zealand. Robert Menzies, who was Prime Minister at the time, wasn't so enthusiastic about the treaty at first. He didn't think that it was necessary because Australia and the United States were already very 
friendly, but Spender believed that Australia needed a formal Pacific Pact to anchor our interests. The name Spender sort of does sound familiar. He was the father of John Spender, who's a former MP and diplomat. He was married to fashion designer Carla Zampatti. That's just a fun fact. Of course, her daughter's name is Bianca Spender. That's where it all comes in and ties <laughs> together. So when the ANZUS Treaty was eventually signed on the 1st of September, as we said, in 1951, it was a really big deal. It was the first time that Australia had made a military pact that didn't include the United Kingdom. Mm. And as far as the structure, there's 11 articles that outline the commitments of the countries to one another. The wording's a bit vague, but it basically states that Australia, New Zealand and the United States need to consult with one another when it comes to any perceived threats in the region and any actions that come from those dangers. One common misconception, Claire, is the treaty specifies that the countries must provide military support to one another. That's not in the treaty. No, it doesn't specifically say that, but it does agree that they'll, and this is the quote, act to meet the common danger. And that can include things like supplying resources, uh, diplomatic and military support if necessary. That brings us neatly to our next segment, ANZUS in Action. Let's get into that now. Like all relationships, Claire, ANZUS hasn't always been smooth sailing. In fact, New Zealand and the US had a pretty major spat over nuclear power back in 1985. Yeah, the New Zealand government at the time had put in place a policy that banned ships that were nuclear powered or potentially nuclear armed from entering their waters. That included America's nuclear powered submarines and that put a major strain on the relationship. So much so that America formally suspended its ANZUS agreement with New Zealand. They did, but things have pretty much been smoothed over since then. They've been improved relationships between New Zealand and the US, including formal agreements in 2010 and 2012 around defence cooperation. But there's mixed reviews about how that's faring. We're the man in the middle here, Australia, Claire. We're still on pretty good terms with both of those countries. Yeah, and we've doubled down with the United States. Today, we have very specific security-related agreements that include intelligence and technology sharing, also military exchange programs and international military exercises. And yeah, the ANZAC spirit is alive and well as well. We've also held joint peacekeeping missions with New Zealand in places like Timor-Leste, also the Solomon Islands, and we do regular joint military training exercises with New Zealand. And when we look at ANZUS in practice, the treaty has only been formally invoked once, Claire, in its 70 years, that after the September 11 terror attacks on the US. Yeah, and what formally invoked means in that circumstance is that the government essentially believed that the targeting of the World Trade Centre towers in New York and also the Pentagon in Washington, D.C. constituted an attack on the United States as outlined by those articles in the ANZUS Treaty. So it meant that Australia would back the United States in its response to those attacks. Yeah, and a bit of a quirk of timing, of course. Our Prime Minister at the time, John Howard, was actually in the U.S to mark the 50th anniversary of ANZUS when that attack happened. So many anniversaries, Claire. The 20th anniversary of 9-11 is coming up next week and we'll have a shortcut on that. Moving on, there have been other Australian commitments in conflicts involving the US, like the Korean and Vietnam wars, but they weren't formally under ANZUS. 
No, but our involvement in those conflicts was seen as a way for Australia to show loyalty to the United States. We also had a view at the time that that was an issue for our security in this region. Uh, They didn't, though, see ANZUS invoked in any formal way. To get us there, that's right. That said, there's been times where Australia has hoped for more support from our US ally under the ANZUS banner, and then questions have been raised about the treaty's relevance 70 years on. Let's look now at where things seem to be heading. Like we said, Claire, a lot has changed since the US, New Zealand and Australia put pen to paper in the 1950s, including where the threats and dangers are coming from. Yeah, and it's fair to say that the last 20 years have been a pretty big time. Mm. Uh, The era has been a lot about countering the threat of Islamist terrorism that's been emanating from the Middle East. And this year we've seen US President Joe Biden withdraw troops from Afghanistan. He's also called time on America's combat mission in Iraq that started in 2003 and troops will be out of there by the end of this year. And there's, of course, lots of discussion about the fact that Islamic State in the Middle East and Africa also remain a problem. Things with Russia also get hairy from time to time and there are so many more, but the big one for the US is the rise of China. And that's something we here in Australia know all too well. There have been trade disputes. We've expressed concerns about the removal of freedoms from Hong Kong and then, of course, Australia's insistence on an investigation into the origins of the coronavirus. And that seemed to be the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, China warned that those calls would result in economic punishments, and we've seen that eventuate in the last 18 months. They've imposed tariffs on Australian barley. There's been suspensions of major imports like beef and also a launch of investigations into our wine industry. And they've arrested an Australian journalist working in Beijing. That's Sheng Lei. But this just isn't unique to Australia, Claire. No, Canada, Japan, South Korea, among others, have seen that economic pushback from China, allegedly for the same sort of geopolitical reasons. Uh, And there's been accusations of Beijing seeking to interfere in domestic affairs and hacking businesses and public institutions through that cybersecurity breaches that we've seen. And on the security front, China's claim to territories like parts of the South China Sea and Taiwan uh, have made many nations anxious. So we aren't alone and, of course, we're one of the most exposed because of where we are in the world. It explains why our security attention has shifted to China. Why is the US so invested? Well, there's a couple of things to note. First, the US is the world's biggest economy and China is number two with a bullet. And there's a sense that China is playing the world trade system and violating America's economic interests in ways that take jobs from American workers and also close down their industries. And that's a problem for the US. Second, it's a question of values. China is a communist nation run by Xi Jinping, uh, who looks like he's set to be in office for life. The United States is about democracy and freedom. And if China becomes the world's leading power, who knows what that can mean? That's certainly the argument. It's clear all the time, but even in the last few days, that China is on America's mind. Yeah, that's right. The United States has been involved in a couple of very big military exercises in our neck of the woods in partnership with us, Japan, the UK and many others. That's something that analysts say is a priority for the United States as it turns its focus from the Middle East to the Indo-Pacific. 
And something people may not know, Claire, is that there are around 2,500 troops in Darwin in the Northern Territory training alongside our Aussie Defence Force. And what they're training for is the need to keep a focus on keeping the current strategic order. As we Mm. mentioned, China's getting pretty aggressive when it comes to claiming territories that it says is its. Uh, The problem is that those places are strategically important when it comes to shipping and trade. So we have an interest in upholding international law and that means our military and others are enforcing that order. So to come back to ANZUS, is it thought that the treaty will be invoked in this tussle with China? Oh, good gosh, let's hope not, because that means that either Australia or the US are at war with China. And while there's periodic talk about the breakout of conflict over Taiwan, we're certainly not at the point of looking at an all-out blue Mm. that's of the scale and direct threat to our nations that would require ANZUS to be invoked. Let's certainly hope we don't see that in our lifetimes. And on that very cheery note, that's your shortcut to ANZUS. On to our recommendations. Each episode of Squiz Shortcuts, we give a recommendation on some further reading, listening or watching. This one's already been a long one, so I'll be quick. Take a listen to our shortcut on the Australia-China relationship and also the one on Taiwan. It's worth getting across in the context of ANZUS. Yeah, they're things that we're going to be talking about for quite some time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mine is a link to the actual treaty. It's about 800 words. It's really short form. I went down a real rabbit hole of historical documents and (laughs) it's certainly one that's worth having a look at. 800 words, shorter than this podcast. There you go. (laughs) That's right. Take a read. Thanks so much for listening, as always, to Squeeze Shortcuts. If you have a recommendation, if you'd like us to tackle something, send it to hello at thesqueeze.com.au. That's all from us. We'll catch you next week.